Hello. Hello. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Or at least I was until I tried to click on my key or on my keyboard. Tried to click on my trackpad this morning and it's not clicking. The uh gestures are still working. I can move the mouse around with it. But when I try to click down, uh, this is on my my personal um, 2015. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, wait, I just tried to click again. <laughs> now I have, to, I have an external trackpad that I can use. Uh, my mid-2015 Retina MacBook Pro um, that I just had the battery replaced in, uh, it is currently the trackpad is not clicking down like i said i can swipe and everything but um clicking results in there's a little bit of give on these uh these models as you know as many know uh but there's not real actual clicking and it uses the haptic um the haplic the haptic doobly do to <laughs> to click back at you and it's not clicking back at me and it's not registering my clicks. So that's interesting. I don't know what happened, um, but I guess I will. Of course, I have not had a chance to restart it to see if that fixes it, um, which would be a weird thing if it did. But um, after that, then uh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't really have any other immediate troubleshooting ideas, but I will... Uh, Try try a couple things as I as I think of them, but um, I don't usually use this MacBook Pro as an actual laptop. Um, I have just been incredibly lazy, or maybe incredibly busy in in getting set up in a new place that I have not set up my whole home office where I can run my my MacBook Pro in clamshell mode most of the time. So it's still, I basically had to pull out my, my trackpad and uh, keyboard and mouse uh, to th- this morning to make sure that I was good to go. So yeah, any computer problems on your side? <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've we've all been there with computer problems, though. Uh, I, I I am not a huge fan that uh, eCam, the company that makes Call Recorder, uh, finally updated the Call Recorder app for Skype, uh, which is what I use to automatically record all of the calls that we do, uh, and it records my side and your side, uh, mm-hmm. and when I talk to Dan, my side and mm-hmm. Dan's side, um, and uh, the the update that they made, uh, they decided to invent their own. Package mm-hmm. format, um, and what that is, folks at home, is basically just like a folder that's like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm file. kind of a file, yeah, but, but I'm also a folder, yeah. and I'm uh, sitting on Capitol Hill." Yeah, so you can't. Uh, it's not just a, a. What it used to be was a a single QuickTime um, dot mov file. And it would have my track and dance track. And now what it is, is this package format that you can't <laughs> just open in QuickTime. You have to uh, open the package contents. And inside of there, you're going to see uh, several files. And one of those files is mine. And one of those files 
is Dan's or yours. Uh, so well, who I, knows I, which I, one is which? <laughs> <laughs> well, tra- audio track zero zero uh, seems to be the local recording. Um, but the uh, the the annoying thing is just like having to do this one extra baloney step um, because it doesn't seem to make anything better. I'm not sure why they felt compelled to do that. Maybe there's a technical reason that I'm not aware of, but... Uh, I have a guess. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, have you experiment? No, I'm sure you haven't. Um, probably not played around at all with uh, macOS Catalina. Um, the, the absolute nanny of macOS software. Um, the gatekeeping... And by gatekeeping, I mean gatekeeper uh, doing its thing and the privacy permissions and all of those issues have just been hell for third-party developers um, to make use of macOS and follow all of the necessary rules and regulations that Apple has set up now. Um, In fact, it was only just yesterday that I was finally able to use Adobe to install Adobe Acrobat. Um, I uh, I have a Creative Cloud subscription, and I like to use the full featured Adobe Acrobat to actually edit PDF forms and things like that, um, as opposed to just using Preview. And I couldn't install it for the longest time because there was an installer within the installer that needed permission to run on my Mac, but because of the way that the installer worked there was no trigger for that second installer to ask me for permission. And so therefore, macOS just shut it out. There's some good stuff about this. There's a lot of bad stuff about this because it basically makes people deathly afraid of any third-party installations if they don't know what's going on. I mean, and it makes it so hard for apps to do the things that you expect them to do. And so my thought with... um with call recorder is it's already kind of obscure where call recorder exists as it launches with Skype and the way that it needs to ask for permission to access the certain folders and things like that. And then you couple that with what it does, um, rolling things into a single MOV QuickTime file. And I think that what it's doing there is by making its own file format, then it can kind of keep things within its own little box. And so it's more sandboxed, which is what Apple's gatekeeper likes. And so it kind of all exists in its own little uh, instance, running its own little app and um, makes it so that when you choose, because you even apps even have to ask like folder by folder now, as it stands, at least in macOS Catalina, can I access your desktop folder? Can I ask access your downloads folder? Can I access your photos folder? Everything has to be uh, prompted for permission. And it's kind of a living nightmare um, of permission dialogues. So that's my theory that this is what they worked out as the way to, to uh, work with permissions in macOS Catalina because now it's working with macOS Catalina, but I'm not I'm, that's that's not a hundred percent that I know that that's the case, um, and it could just be that they're like, "Hey, you know, it'd be a novel idea for us to have our own uh, file extension, and everybody needs to use Ecamm Movie Tools to mm. break it apart." 
Yeah, well, mm. the uh, I, I, I guess I can see that, but it seems to me more like they were rewriting this to be 64-bit because it was previously a 32-bit thing, and when they did that, they're like, hey, why not? Let's just have our own thing for this. Because I'm sure they had weirdnesses with all of the mixing that would happen with the other uh, file format, um, but... Uh, I don't like this because it's just a special container format that I don't need in my life. But uh, it, it ultimately won't matter as long as it records um, and doesn't crash and doesn't corrupt any files. So hopefully it does that. Uh, yeah, I, and maybe that it's a more reliable uh, process too in the end that has less chance of corruption or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I hope that Ecamm will. Um, and in fact... I don't know. Maybe they have. Oh, just tried to click again. God, that's going to get really depressing. Um, maybe they have talked about why they have their own file format now. It's possible. But uh, anyway, this is just a minor annoyance. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. all that much. And uh, it's not like the clicking thing, which uh, I hope when they change your battery they didn't accidentally nudge or break some haptic sensor thingy um but uh moving right along from these problems let's talk about uh our our solutions to these problems which is buying more stuff question mark um and uh the buying more stuff part comes in the form of uh, the special apple event that happened and uh wait i'm sorry i'm sorry breaking news uh straight from uh ecam's blog i was correct it says this change was necessary to support macOS 10.10.15 catalina which no longer has the ability to generate multi-track mov files oh so it's a Catalina feature that's not really Gatekeeper's fault. Instead, it's that it does not generate multi-track MOV files. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Now that makes sense because QuickTime, the old QuickTime, uh, is gone. And I'm sure that's what they were using. Yeah. It uh, probably was, what, QuickTime 7? Yeah. R.I.P. Um, I, I love it when Apple kills things that people use. Uh, and are built into applications. Uh, they're the software that I use for the visual effects stuff that I do, uh, Nuke, um, made by a company called The Foundry uh, in the UK. Although at certain points in time, they have dropped the the from Foundry. So it's been Foundry or The Foundry. Um, <laughs> I don't really care. I'm just going to call it The Foundry. Uh, but they they had a, a weird thing where they decided not to pay attention to the fact that Apple was going to change the software uh, like they do every year and uh, just announced the other day that uh, people should not upgrade to Catalina and use Nuke because it won't work. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, and uh, one of the reasons um, is that uh, QuickTime, uh, I, I have heard through several sources, um, just just one source uh, who <laughs> asked somebody at the foundry, but uh, they, that apparently QuickTime was used under the hood not just for exporting, um, some of your output stuff to QuickTimes to encode it, but it was also used to like decode audio and stuff when you're reading stuff in. So uh, oh. it, it needed to be removed um, from disentangled from from that. And uh, a lot of other companies uh, have little QuickTime bits and pieces in them um, because why not? It was part of the system and it did it right. for you. Yeah. Uh, and no one expected 
that uh, Apple would just kill it without offering any other alternatives um, that actually were feature complete. But whatever. Uh, I need to have a word with Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple. Uh, well, we, all you have to do is uh, rig some elections, um, commit a lot of fraud, and then uh, he'll have dinner with you. <laughs> it's a simple process, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if... if one bozo can do it. I'm sure other people can. But uh, anyway, anyway, um, not to go in that direction because that way lies only anger. Uh, the 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 Apple event that happened yesterday, where they're like, "Here's here's the new stuff um, that you knew would happen because it happens every year, and uh, we're to a point now where there's incremental progress being made." Um, yeah, so it's not not a like blow your mind or anything kind of a event, but it was fine. Uh, I don't understand certain New York Times pieces that um, objected to the existence of the event or whatever. That didn't make... I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't understand... I'd see, this... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I just... I, this really upsets me when... Uh, okay, let me, let me step back and sort of... Uh, there's this thing, this magical wonderful mystical uh superpower that exists that humans for some reason um they they might be born with it but accessing it requires some uh some work and i think as we get older you know as kids maybe we have and i'm gonna get to it in a second but i'm just leading into it uh as kids we maybe have it a little bit but as we grow up and get more and more jaded, uh, we kind of lose it a little bit. And it's wonderful what it can do for you and what it can do for others. And that thing is called empathy. And I, I know that I'm being like silly right now in describing it, but empathy, I genuinely feel, is this magical superpower that when humans harness it, it can be genuinely life-saving because many of the things many of the good things that have happened in humanity are partially like empathy is is at least partially responsible for it it is us getting outside of ourselves and understanding that other people a do not think the way that we do b do not have the same experiences that we do and c that if we try hard enough we can see things from their experience. And a place where empathy is severely lacking because ego is not severely lacking is in journalism as a whole, but in tech journalism specifically. And it's it's hard uh, to sort of like dig in and talk about um, all of the, the the details of that because it can depend person to person, but for the most part, empathy is lacking in consumer tech journalism, and we have these folks who who are so ingrained in in the way that they experience technology and the way that they think about technology that they've decided that everybody else experiences technology in that same way and everybody else um, will sort of feel about tech the way that they feel about tech 
or a given product or what have you. And I always, my example that I always go back to was um, with the, when the Apple Watch first launched, there was a review in The Verge where the person who did the review, not calling anybody out, um, was complaining that they were getting so many notifications on their wrist and they were tired of having their wrist being buzzed uh, over and over and over again. And of course, most people at this point would say, you just turn off some of the notifications. But more importantly, this person was complaining about all the tweets and Facebook messages and other uh, other sort of popularity apps and services that they were complaining about. And the average person would not have been getting buzzed every 15 seconds, every four seconds, because someone who they don't know is tweeting at them. The average person's not going to experience that. But it was put forth as like a the idea that, oh, you know, you're going to be so annoyed by all these notifications, you might not get that many notifications. So here, we have a situation of one person deciding that they don't like how Apple's um, Apple's press conferences are, or they're not like directed at them because they're not nerdy enough. And you have to consider the fact that this press conference was maybe not for you. And when Apple announces a new product and our little corner of the tech ecosystem gets bent out of shape because the product is not for them, well, maybe it's just because the product is not made for you. And it's weird to talk about this too, because there's a heavy dose of consumerism that's involved in this that's kind of icky. And we're all talking about this company that's selling us these really expensive products. And that's like a uh, that's a whole other layer to have to sort of acknowledge and dig into. And I understand that. But speaking specifically from the place of empathy and us needing to realize, and by us, I mean tech journalists needing to realize that and and you know tech tweeters i guess that we aren't the only audience for these different things and we do a we do a disservice in some ways maybe not with this new york times article but in reviews and things like that we do a disservice to our readers when we don't consider them and now i'm going to step off my soapbox and stop uh, talking about empathy and tech journalism. It's okay. I mean, we're only 20 minutes into the podcast. We'll eventually get to the event. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, yeah, there's an event. And look, can we talk about the Apple Watch, please? Uh, well, no. No. Well, okay, we, fine. For, we should probably just go in order, maybe. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Joe, you're you're the TV pundit. Um, yeah, let's start from the top. Uh, well, I don't remember was it Apple TV Plus or Apple Arcade that they uh, talked about first? It was Arcade. Um, I I remember because it killed me. Um, the the uh, speaking of empathy, I was, <laughs> I remember because it killed me. <sighs> okay, so I'm talking to Joe the Ghost. Yeah, um uh boo. Uh no, but the uh ah! <laughs> Apple Apple Arcade. Um uh, Tim was really excited. Uh we got lots of stuff. I'm not going to, you know, ramble at the beginning like I usually do. Let's just get right down to it. And uh they didn't have that much stuff, but uh fortunately they went He's... through things pretty fast and one of those 
things was Apple Arcade. Um, unfortunately, they used three game demos, um, which kills the momentum um, that you have building up immediately because the presenters that you bring in for that um, are going to vary in quality and performance and uh, none of their spontaneous off-the-cuff jokes are spontaneous or off-the-cuff. They are written down uh, and they are read as if they were written down. Um, So it's uh, not super fun to watch. Uh, The uh, Apple Arcade is a service I think the jury is still out on because uh, I don't know about you, but I couldn't glean anything even from these demos uh, about how the quality of the game and the interest of the the who who would be interested in the game. Um, it seemed like it's saying we're for everybody, and it was like okay. I mean, I believe that that's possible. Um, you know, there's certainly enough games that there could be something for everybody, uh, but it without involving um known ip uh and without involving games journalists reviewing things uh i i really have no idea what the quality of the the stuff is in there uh there seemed to be a variety of different things but uh everything seemed very ios game like um meaning it all seemed like a game you would play on your iphone uh nothing in it seemed uh revolutionary in this space and uh, I'm cu- also curious to find out, even though uh, supporting things like the Apple TV and macOS is part of it, what are the controls? How do you map the control schemes when you're jumping back and forth between these different platforms? Um, will you progress more quickly through the game if you're using it in a certain context um, than if you're using it in a different context? Uh, and it's supposed to be shared with everybody in like your your uh, Apple ID family group thing. Um, so, uh, what, what is, what is that process like? You know, if somebody is playing a game, do you all get to play that game simultaneously? Uh, can you play against one another? Um, uh, where, where, where are the bits and pieces of that fall? Where do they, uh, exist? I didn't get any of those questions answered. Um, ultimately, uh, like you said, this is not for me. Uh, so, I'm mainly interested in an academic sense and not necessarily in the sense like, oh, I'm waiting to make a purchase and I need to know this information. Um, otherwise, I, I won't I won't follow through. Uh, it was interesting, the price that they offer is $4.99 a month and that there's going to be a free trial, uh, et cetera. So I, I think that of the services Apple has announced, uh, this stands to be the, the one with the the best value theoretically mm-hmm. it, as long as the games are good and continue to be good because another thing is this is subscription based so all of the games that you like need to keep having updates over the years and they keep needing to add new games um and that tiny amount of money um 499 a month which seems like a lot to some people but uh splitting that up between all of the games you could theoretically play um and using that as the source of funding for them uh it just seems like Maybe there could be some issues. Uh, and also because it's Apple platform specific, uh, that limits the uh, reach of certain things. So I'm curious to find out if there, uh, if there are people who are going to find that developing a game that's just for Apple Arcade is going to limit um, their reach in a way where they're not going to be able to make enough money for it to make sense to keep developing. So uh, it's all it's all going to be interesting. 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on Apple Arcade specifically, because uh, I know you also are not uh, what they what is colloquially referred to as a game or. Um, <laughs> ah, yes, the game or. Um, so I I do have some thoughts. Um, firstly, I think that. Uh, the four ninety nine price is pretty great, and uh, the kicking it off with that trial, I think, is a great idea as well. Um, I also had those questions about the context switching uh, between the different devices, and am I going to use WASD on the Mac? Am I going to use the the arrow keys? Will I be able to take make use of the gigantic trackpad? Um, how's that going to work with the Siri remote? All those things I'm still very curious about. And so from that point of view, I will be playing some of these games. Um, some of them do work with controllers. Uh, but like you said, that's possibly going to make it, you know, easier to play on in those situations. Um, and because of the way, because it has downloads, um, and by downloads, I mean, you can play the games offline. Uh, Leo and I are kind of, of the mind that that means probably not multiplayer um, because you would think that you'd need like an online portion in order to, <laughs> to do multiplayer. Uh, so that's all very confusing and still sort of outside of the, this, the knowledge that we have. However, uh, the fact that it's launching with more than a hundred games in so many countries, I think that's super cool. Uh, it's, to me, Apple putting its mouth where its money is. I say that that way because mm-hmm. every financial call, they were talking about services, services, services. And now we're really seeing that be a thing. you know. And I think that there was waiting on this to make sure they got it right so that not only are they launching with 100 plus games, but they're also launching in more than 150 countries. That's pretty much everywhere Apple is. And that's a big deal that everybody on uh, day one will be able to play on iOS with uh, Apple Arcade. Um, folks on iPadOS and tvOS won't be able to play it until September 30th. And then uh, the Mac is not going to be getting it until sometime in October when macOS Catalina is is out. Um, the, the games need to ask for permission for each arrow key. <laughs> oh my God, you're probably right. I hate it. Because even <laughs> Apple's apps are, you know, and, and that, that's of a mixed, mixed opinion as well, because some people are like, well, Apple's apps should be treated the same way. But on the Mac, I'm like, can you just play? You know what you are. You know your final cut. You don't need to ask me for permission. I've been using you for years happily and letting you do the things you do the way you do the things you do. So keep doing those things, please. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think that it's, it's fun. Uh, the game the the Frogger modern Frogger was kind of cute and goofy. Um, I personally like RPG games where I can, you know, have an adventure and move through, uh, a, a story and get, pick up different stuff. And so I'm excited about some of those and I'm interested to see if, AR makes its presence known in the arcade store. That will be fascinating to me. So it's a place I'm watching um, <laughs> and a place where I, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's first of all, I'm not going to be paying for the subscription each month. My job will. Um, so I might as well have it. And secondly, with those 
100 plus games and then new being added all the time that at least at launch are exclusive, that's an opportunity to just try a bunch of stuff and see if anything sticks for me. That's kind of fun. And people will have at least a month of being able to try and see if things stick. And for me, I think the big thing is the fact that I'm not um, getting to only play a first level and then having to pay to add more or waiting to collect coins or, you know, in an hour you can come back and play the game. And do you have any jewels to spend on uh, new Frogger skins? No, none of that stuff's getting in the way. And I, I, I like that for sure. Um, but let's move on because we have to talk about your favorite thing, which is launching on November 1st. Yep. I'm irritated. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. Tell me how, tell me why. Okay. So the thing is, uh, there had been so much speculation about pricing for this because, uh, they spent a lot of money making this. It's supposed to be a revenue stream transparently this is supposed to be a revenue stream this is not uh, a charity that they're running um and it uh, it was also supposed to be uh something where they would uh be able to have shows that are popular enough that it could draw people to the surface um and uh it never really fully crystallized what they were going to do until this morning uh, well yesterday morning um the problem with that is when it crystallized, they picked sort of the laziest um, uh, route that I'm not sure is going to work very well. It's it's not... How should I put this? It doesn't really challenge this space, and it doesn't set them up to be a service that uh, can stand to benefit from wide adoption. Um, because... They decided that the uh, platform is going to launch with a selection of shows that we already knew about uh, and that the first three episodes will be available for some of them and then it'll go on a weekly basis, which is good because I feel like binge TV is the death of modern civilization. Um, but the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, kidding. But uh, the, uh, the the, the <laughs> right. thing with the, the thing with that is uh, they don't have a big back catalog um, Tim said that there's going to be more stuff that they're going to be adding throughout the year. So it's entirely possible for someone to watch all of the TV on the platform, uh, all, all of the sh shows on the platform and all the documentaries and movies and stuff, uh, literally every week. Um, you can just see what gets released and then watch it. And then you've run out of material. Um, it's very strange. Uh, but to make up for that, they picked a price which is 4.99 um which is below other competing platforms prices for their streaming stuff but uh how can i put this 6.99 a month is what it costs for disney plus and disney plus has an order several orders of magnitude more content on it available day 1 um in addition to content that they're adding on at this, with nearly the same frequency uh, uh, as Apple's adding. Um, probably more content, bigger content, uh, films, blockbuster films that you'd be interested in are going to be on Disney+. Plus. Um, and uh, they that costs $2 a month more. So I don't understand the math on that. Uh, I know that 
it's not i know that disney is actually losing money at the moment because they make they were making more money licensing their content for other platforms uh and that they make less right now because they're trying to build a base but um the, that it's still going to make more sense even over time because there's always just going to be more stuff on their platform um unless they start charging like $57 a month or something but uh for apple there's no way that they're going to ever stand to catch up to Disney. So I don't see why the $4.99 a month makes any sense. Uh, and the $4.99 a month also suffers because uh, there is a one-year free trial for people who have purchased uh, an Apple devi- qualifying Apple device within the this year. Um, mm-hmm. And that... The the fine print on that on Apple's website is that uh, it is one per Apple ID um, for this time period, uh, and it doesn't seem the way it's worded that you just keep buying Apple stuff and then you get this trial. Also, the trial actually expires uh, from three months after your purchase of a qualifying Apple a piece of Apple hardware. So. Mm-hmm. If you bought an iPhone now and then you decide you're going to wait until next year to use your Apple TV uh, Plus subscription free trial, uh, it's not going to work for you because you've passed the the three-month window. Well, it depends on what you mean by next year because it's three months starting from the time that Apple TV Plus launches. So even though we'll get our phones at the end of September... uh, it won't be until November 1st that the count starts for the three months. That's according to the fine print on um, Apple's news press release. So if you mean like March, then yes, that is true. But yeah, if you I, I, get I'm, the phone... I meant a yeah. full calendar year from your purchase. Sorry. Ah, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So if you you could theoretically just wait until January. I'm not sure really what, what benefits you from that other than offsetting it by three months, but um, the, the it's just weird um, because uh, they, they also talked about how, you know, oh, it's for your whole family. Isn't that great? And it's like, well, yeah, but all these other things are basically for your whole family, like Netflix and HBO and all those other, the other ones. It would have been weird if it wasn't for your whole family. Um, and th- that the qualifying redemption thing, it only works one time for that uh, family. Um, so if you buy a new iPhone and you sign up and use it, you cannot buy another iPhone in March and uh, for another family member in that same group and then just add that on. It will not renew into anything. Um, oh, I see. You're saying like you wouldn't be able to buy it until the end of that. You wouldn't be able to make use of another year until the end of the current year is done. No. So you'd have to at least wait until the end, like there are three months. No? No. You you can never make another use of it. It's one time. Um, their language on their website says that it's, uh, the, the redemption is for uh, uno timo. Um, oh. Yeah, it's... Oh, that's new. To, that's new to me. Let's okay. Let me get the exact wording for you because uh, I took a screenshot of it the other day because I was like, "You guys did not explain this well enough." No, that's because um, yeah. I, I, we were literally like excited about that and talking about how, oh, it's so cool. You'll never have to pay for this again if you just are always buying new devices. No. One subscription per family sharing group. Plan automatically renews until canceled. So one subscription 
per family sharing group. That's it. Um, four ninety nine a month after free trial. One subscription per family sharing group. Offer good for three months after eligible device activation. Starting November 1st, 2019, plan automatically renews until canceled. Restrictions and other terms apply. They don't say what those are in the fine print of the fine print, but um, yeah, no, it does not seem to be a perpetual uh, motion machine here where you Mm -hmm. can just keep buying new stuff every year. Because that was a question that I had is, do you just keep subsidizing this or is the expectation that next uh, November that... uh, People are going to be charged four ninety nine a month, even if they bought a new phone. They can't, you know, get a discount or something. Now, that could change, um, where Apple could certainly decide. Oh yeah, you you we we uh we want to keep doing this. This worked out well for us. It's a uh, or we didn't hit the numbers that we thought we would hit um, for things uh, for for the number of subscribers. So we're going to do another year of it or something like. I, I don't know. It, it could very well be a situation where they modify this next year because uh, I think they're operating on a lot of assumptions and they'll have data uh, going forwards after November where they can actually make some choices uh, on, on what they choose to focus on. I, I, I'm just disappointed because this doesn't seem like a good plan because next year, next November, um, are people going to pay four ninety nine a month for this service even if it right. has double the amount of content that it has it has 12 times the amount of content that it currently has because the amount of content it's going to have at launch is not big um and they know that which is i believe why they have the free trial uh because there there is a lack of confidence that you would pay for this thing um if they did their normal like you know one to three month trial period uh but it's it's just it really really irritates me because this is not that creative uh, of a solution for the problem that they have, um, and because they've t- they've chosen to tie this to this purchase, it's going to mean that a lot of people who uh, see Apple TV out there are just going to scoff at paying four ninety nine. Um, you know, if you're an Android user or if you have, uh, you know some other uh kind of setup in your life uh or you're just using an older phone for a longer period of time mm-hmm. um like if there i mean you know there are people who are still on their iphone successes and stuff like they're they're not gonna like why why is this gonna entice them to buy new hardware uh or, or why is this going to feel like they're getting something from their new hardware because it's it's so minuscule it's like a it's like a rounding error of content um in terms of what's available. So I I think they should have done something more creative with bundling um, where it would make more sense. And I th- specifically think that they should have done something more creative in terms of bundling with other content, um, not in terms of bundling their services. Uh, because I feel like there is room out there for uh, them to make the TV app into an ecosystem, which they kind of halfway seem to want to do every now and then, uh, where you know you open it up and it's like here are channels you can subscribe to it's like great go partner with some of those people like stars or uh showtime or whatever just pick a couple and say like hey you guys we're gonna have a bundle and it's gonna be your channel uh this other channel and apple tv plus content and we're gonna do it for this much money uh and we're gonna go ahead and put that out there and we're gonna make you know the money off of uh the the bundling fees of uh reselling the the apple channel content 
um, because Apple makes a cut when you're subscribing to, uh, you know, Showtime or uh, uh, Epics or whatever as an Apple channel. Right. Yeah. Um, which is why Amazon has channels too, and they made like I think I want to say it was f- like. F- I, some of the number that started with a five, but I don't think it was, I think it was, but it was, uh, was maybe like 52 million or something like in, and just in fees from that. Um, but I have, I have no idea. Like they make a lot of money, ridiculous amount of money, um, off of the, the revenue from that. Uh, but it, it's, it's just weird that Apple is sort of defeating this service because now, now it's all going to be, you know, what, three things on this platform do you think you would want to watch for 499 a month next year and it's like oh that's that sounds like a terrible way to to grade this because i'm not sure i would pay for any of it frankly and none of it's even premiered um another thing that was happened in the tv plus uh event was the 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 uh premiere of the trailer for c the jason momoa show um and that had been uh, well, I don't know. I don't want to say it. it's been uh, talked about for quite some time because it's apparently the most expensive television show that's ever been made. Uh, Wait, I did not know that. Yeah, according to people. Uh, it, it all <laughs> according to people. <laughs> yeah, it all depends on. Well, it just really depends on how you do the math on some of these things. Because I'm sure, like oh. per, per episode and whatever, it's and like with taxes, tax rebates and things. It's like I, I don't know, but whatever. They spend a lot of money on this. Um. I was surprised how Sci-Fi Channel original it felt uh, for the amount of money that they spent on it. Uh, it seems like they have beautiful locations and uh, didn't hire any writers because um, <laughs> that dialogue was atrocious. Um, and even the action stuff, uh, I just I raised all kinds of questions because I'm just like, wait, so they can't see each other, but they're sneaking towards each other in in like rows to go fight others in this forest and yeah it was very confusing why are they on horses in a forest uh <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really seem like it would be a good idea uh i it just it doesn't doesn't seem to work i i think what i had expected out of c was like oh and now the world can see and like how things would change and it's like oh wait no three babies can see and everybody else is just gonna be blind for the rest of the show and it's like oh no <laughs> that's not that's not a show because now we're just gonna be like looking at actors who are sighted trying to pretend that they can't see which is not fun to watch if you've ever watched a, uh, a an actor with sight try to pretend to be blind um, for a long period of time. Um, it is very strange because uh, they try to make extra effort to not look at uh, people that they're talking to. Um, and it results in some strange moments on television uh, as, as a TV show that others watch. Um, it might have been a better podcast uh, because... It, it's the visuals of this are just going to be very strange. Damn. Let's. It might have been a better podcast. It might have been a better podcast. That was. That was. Ooh, some major shade there. I mean, sorry. I just want to make sure everybody heard that. In summation, it's bizarre that they showed this trailer for this show and that it costs so much money and has all these stars, um, like Alfred Woodard for crying out loud. Uh, but it's seems to have what is basically a sci-fi channel original plot um and dialogue uh which is so strange to me but maybe 
that's just the way this trailer was cut together. Trailers are often not entirely representative of the product that you see. Uh, so it, it could be a situation where it's much better than that. Also, TV shows evolve over periods of time. So even if the pilot, uh, it, well, sorry, sorry, none of these shows have pilots. All of these were direct to series. So even if the first episode, um, is not that great. Uh, things can shape, be shaped over time, so it's possible that could have happened. Uh, we'll we'll find out because we're both going to have qualifying purchases that will enable us to do so. Yes. Um, but uh, oh well, actually, that was another question I had. Is uh, I can't find anything in Apple's language about whether or not someone on the iPhone upgrade program qualifies as making an a, a, qualifies as making a, a you do. An Apple purchase. Okay. Uh, yeah. So on, um, cause I, I pulled a bunch of, of different, um, a bunch of different fine print for both, uh, arcade and TV plus, because I, what I found fascinating with Apple TV plus is that you can actually also, along with being able to see it on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, iPod touch and Mac, uh, and then other platforms through like smart TVs and stuff. It's also going to be online at tv.apple.com. So just like Netflix, you'd be you'll be able to go uh, in the browser to tv.apple.com and watch these shows if you have a subscription. And Apple does note, yes, you can watch it in all sorts of different browsers. Um, so that's one more example of services, services, services. Uh, well, but that's but, undermined by it. if you if you. Are pay- you would have to be somebody who's paying four ninety nine a month if you're on one of those other platforms that's accessing this through a web browser, uh, yeah. which is so no, that, that's, weird to me. <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm saying is Apple's not trying to be a walled garden with this. They want anybody who is interested in these shows to be able to pay them money. They want money from everybody, not just people who are their customers already. So that's why I think the tv.apple.com thing is important because if your uh if if my friends if i'm an android user and my friends are talking about c and they really like c or they're just talking about how hot one of the characters is or something and then i an android user want to check it out i can do so in the same way that like people get hulu or get netflix or get one of these others this is just apple saying hey this is available to everybody you pay 4.99 a month and you can get you can watch oprah's book club um so ba 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 this limited time offer applies to both new and refurbished models, including devices from the iPhone upgrade program, and is not restricted to any specific sale sales channel. And it'll be available in all countries where Apple TV Plus will launch. Okay. It would be better if they put that fine print on the TV Plus page with the other fine print. Um, anyway, I feel like for a presentation, introducing this and the pricing... Uh, they didn't do a good job explaining all the ways that you qualify for the free thing. Um, but uh, anywho, let's move on from that. Because uh, while I'm disappointed in it, uh, they certainly have time to course correct. Uh, and we'll we'll see um, <laughs> if people are interested in <laughs> the shows that Apple is offering uh, enough to pay for $4.99 a month next November. Mm-hmm. Um, I My guess is there that that's not happening uh you're gonna see a lot of cancellations uh unless they do some drastic content acquisition and i don't mean some jurassic more shows. content yeah yes they're gonna buy universal no they can't buy universal it's comcast who makes fine internet products uh but that it's gonna be interesting uh anywho let's move on to 
other things that you can watch. Um, the Apple Watch uh, is back, and it's got ceramic uh, again, and it's got titanium, um, and uh, you can buy outrageously expensive things that get outdated super fast. Yeah, there's no way um, that I could ever recommend anybody get the the ceramic or titanium models uh, because they're updating this the watch all the time and it does not make sense to spend that extra money on something that you, in theory, will be updating yourself uh, pretty regularly. So for me, those, those uh, models don't make sense, but maybe if someone's you know, a less likely to upgrade kind of person, then that's the one for them. Um, Or you've got the money and you can do so, uh, in which case that's the model for you too. For me, I have been space gray uh, aluminum since the very beginning, back when it was called the Sport. Um, And I am still space gray uh, with this Series 5 watch. Uh, It has... so. It's for folks who don't know or, or want a refresher. Um, it's kind of interesting how this this new technology works. It's a new type of screen technology, at least for Apple uh, and, and the Apple Watch, where when you're looking at the watch in the classic way that we've done, um, you sort of lift your wrist and you can see the time. Uh, it shows you the watch face as is, as you're used to it. But... Now the watch has an always-on display. And so what it does is when you're not looking directly at it, when you're not basically in active watch-watching mode, the (laughs) screen stays on, but a few things happen. One, it saves battery life by uh, the designers recreating each of the watch faces on the Apple Watch to take up less battery power. So, for example... The one watch face where there are uh, just huge characters, just, you know, it's 1229 and it's in bright pink color. Um, Instead of it being fully filled in, they do an outline of those characters and drop the brightness on the inside of those characters. So because of the the technology OLED, any part that's black is not actively lit, not actively taking power and that's good for this. Um, along with that, there's also a new screen refresh layer that is playing a role in giving you 18-hour battery life. Uh, that's Apple's uh, mo- that's Apple's name for all-day battery life on the Apple Watch. Or that's their goal, I guess. Uh, and what it does is it drops from you know super fast screen refresh rates to all the way up to one second per screen refresh, which is all you need for a watch. Every second, the the second hand changes, and that is good enough. And by decreasing the amount of times that you have to uh, refresh the screen, then you're also dropping the battery life uh, concerns and, and usage, rather. Uh, and so that gives it that extra push there to... Uh, have a screen that is always on. Uh, along with that, it's <laughs> they were kind of like that was the big thing, really, was the the always on screen. And so I was like, oh, what else can we talk about? Well, we're going to put a compass in it, mm-hmm. um, and we're also going to let you see your uh, your heading, your incline, your latitude and longitude. 
and uh, there are even some complications that are included with it. Uh, and, and there's a Compass app, which I think is also silly. But um, in terms of the Compass, the latitude, longitude, and current elevation, I think, is interesting. Um, especially, I have been doing a lot of hiking. And if my watch is more accurate in calculating my elevation for workouts and things like that, I think that's kind of nice. But it's not a feature that has me super pumped. Uh, and then the other thing was international emergency calling. Uh, this is pretty neat so that if you have a cellular watch, even if you don't have a phone nearby, um, your Apple Watch can complete international calls to emergency services no matter where you are or if the cellular plan is even activated. So it's got international emergency calling for fall detection, for uh, the actual like holding down the buttons to trigger the emergency mode, etc. Um, and that that oh 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 and then last but not least i forgot about this is apple watch studio so it used to be whenever you bought an apple watch you would basically have to go with what apple chose as the standard um what sku SKU for the for the specific apple watch that you're buying so the space gray aluminum model typically had a black fleur band and that would be it. That's all. That's all she wrote. Now, both online and in store, you can choose the band that you want for any model of watch. So you go through, you choose 40, 44 millimeter, whichever one you want. You choose the material that you want, and then you can select the band that you want and get your watch in exactly that, uh, that configuration, which I think is uh, pretty great. And it's nice that they are finally able to offer that um, as part of the process. Yeah, because um, that was one of the things I didn't like about my uh, Apple Watch purchase is that I think the fluorelastomer bands look like crap. Um, but uh, in the for some reason, my wrist is not exactly one of those notches. So <laughs> it's either <laughs> loose or incredibly tight. Um, and I, I don't know how that works specifically because you'd think there would be enough notches that it wouldn't be a problem. Um, anyway, the uh, the sport band is way more comfortable um, because it has very uh, flexible um, ways of affixing to your wrist by the virtue of the, the Velcro, um, oh, which makes oh, it oh, the loop, seem not... Yeah. Yeah, makes it not seem super fancy um, or anything. <laughs> it's not a, not exactly a dress watch, right? Um, but uh, it's it, yeah, it fits. Uh, so I would have I would have probably picked something else um, had I had the options. Uh, one of the things that I always thought was weird is when you went to, when I went to purchase this Apple Watch Series Three, um, they made me wait to talk to a specialist who could put it on to try it out. And I'm like, I don't want to try it out in the store and do all that stuff. Like, just give, give me the box with the right. thing. I want to go home. Ugh. Uh, and, uh, they, there seems to be that focus of, you get to try everything. And, um, Deidre O'Brien, cause this was at the end of the presentation that this was revealed. Um, but, uh, we'll talk about it now since it's the watch. Uh, but Deidre O'Brien revealed the, the updated watch station for trying out the various configurations and stuff. And so I not looking forward to the traffic jam that's going to occur from, uh, that in the store. Um, but, uh, you know, if people get what they want and they're happy with it, that's good. Um, because um, I don't think it's a good buying experience to be 
forced to pair with one of the other bands that's not as nice and then buying another band afterwards doesn't leave you with like a good taste in your mouth because it's like uh yeah sure i want the one that i'm never gonna wear and then i'm gonna spend another 40 dollars on uh, another one um so you know that's that's good uh uh, and to go back to your your thing of um, not recommending that people uh, buy the ceramic or the uh, titanium or any of that silly stuff, uh, I, I I did think it was kind of funny that um, the, the <laughs> that Apple talks about the the trade in process for these old things and that they'll you know gladly you know give you some money so that uh, you can save on the purchase of a new one um and they can recycle your old one and i was sitting there thinking like i wonder how much that is and then i found out um from uh let's say a certain co-host of mine uh who looked it up uh that his series 4 apple watch would have would have a trade-in value of 200 dollars. <laughs> i was like wow wow that's uh that's not saving anybody really a lot of money there um yeah wow what a kick in the pants um I, I feel like there should be a better recycling program for these. And if you're going to have these luxury cases on the outside, the ceramic or the titanium, um, I, th- I think, you know, one of the things that had been speculated about before the announcement of the Apple Watch was like the possibility of a module that could be um, transitioned from one housing to another uh, so that people could preserve the housing uh, for the watch that they have uh, for a longer period of time. And I, I they go back to that thought and I'm like, well, yeah, they didn't do that at all. Uh, they they just said you're gonna, you're going to buy a new ceramic watch every single time you want one, uh, and it's going to cost a fortune, and you're not going to really make any money back on a sale. So, uh, good 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 luck, good hunting. Um, but uh, happy you know, hunting. It's for the one percent, I guess. Uh, and let's just quickly move through the rest of these uh, things. I'm just going to skip right to the important thing mm-hmm. um we got we got the uh, iphone 11 mm-hmm. um the iphone 11 is uh interesting because there's all the speculation about colors and stuff and if anything the colors are more muted than the 10r colors yeah they're yeah, very uh, they're very subtle very gray i i was uh i kind of laughed at them calling the one color purple because yeah. it doesn't look purple at all it looks like it's it's the it is the equivalent of it, it has the same uh spirit as LaCroix. It's like someone <laughs> said purple in a room next door to this iPhone and somehow it just got this like light tint of purple to it. It, it is it is the LaCroix of iPhone colors, I guess is what I'm gonna say about that. Yeah. Uh better it's... cameras. Yeah, and this time, um, because the 11 is the sequel to the 10R, not the sequel to the 10S, um, the the 11 uh, has uh, two cameras now instead of one, and curiously, it has the wide and the ultra-wide, not the telephoto, um, which is a a peculiar choice, because no iPhones had previously been paired uh like that uh there when there had been two cameras there had always been a telephoto and the 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 wide but um interesting uh and the apple made a big deal about the ultra wide um they're like you can capture so many more things in the frame and it's like yes that's true a lot of times there are people wandering around in frame that i don't want to capture and i'd rather have something tighter uh on the subject so uh it's interesting that you don't have the telephoto but uh 
it's nice. It's nice that they did that. Uh, and there, there was a beautiful demonstration of, uh, you know, what the difference effectively is when you're taking a photo from the same spot. Uh, and that the extra data is available to you. And there's a blending that occurs between the two, just like with uh, the other dual camera lenses when you zoom. Um, those transition parts of the image from the the, the telephoto to the regular wide angle lens uh and back again as as you're doing it um and back again yeah and uh like that that's worked fine for a while um and then a certain writer at the verge who may have objected to the number of notifications that one receives on an apple watch (laughs) uh had some statement to make about like oh when do you call it compositing because it's so much image manipulation at this point it's like bs mister because it's been compositing for years uh like just on every camera on every phone i don't don't understand why uh people choose to single out apple and say oh this isn't like real life anymore and it's like you guys you 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 twerps um because uh like you take a photo with a google pixel it's not a real image of uh exactly what's coming off of the sensor data um it's all been modified uh all, all of these cameras modify the the data that they're receiving to make it better. Uh, it's it's just how it works, and it's how people expect it to work. Um, and it wouldn't it, it would be stupid if it worked out otherwise. Uh, but the the effective thing from blending into these things is that that extra data is apparently available to you. So if you crop a, an image and you decide like, oh no, I'm missing part of somebody's arm or their head or something. Uh, for, supposedly, according to Jason Snell, that information is still available to you. If you like go to the crop interface, you can like recrop out a little bit and pull in some of it, uh, which is interesting, mm-hmm. uh, if that turns out to be the case. Uh, and the, uh, the other thing is the, this iPhone 11 comes in at 699 starting, um, which, you know, puts it back into the territory it was in post contracts pre iPhone 10 um which is a good thing I think for most people and calling it the iPhone 11 um so it doesn't have that weird uh othering moniker on mm-hmm. it uh I, I think sets it up appropriately in the market as the camera that most people should I the sorry not the camera the phone that most people should buy although really I think we should start calling these cameras yeah these are cameras because, yeah yeah Who, who's making phone calls um <laughs> what jerk uh but the <laughs> the uh I think this is going to be a good thing for them. I think they're going to sell a lot of these. Uh, I I think it was a mistake the way they did the 10R and the 10S last year um, because it didn't seem to clearly position or communicate the appropriate things about these devices and their relationship to one another. Um, So hopefully they've settled that all uh, now and moving forward. Uh, It's got all the fancy stuff that you'd expect, chips and whatnots and what have (laughs) you. Chips and guac. Yeah, (laughs) chips and guac. Um, And then... You know, we got the uh, the iPhone uh, 11 Pro and the iPhone 11 Pro Max, and I just have to say, these effing names, you oh guys. Oh my god, terrible. Yeah, because what's going to happen next year? Because it's going to be an S year, uh, so-called <laughs> because 11 of the edition S Pro of an Max. S. <laughs> yes. <laughs> iPhone 11S Pro Max to the moon and back again. Uh, these names, these names are so bad. Um, I, I just... 
they don't really think like once you tack on all these things and then the names they come up with for their their marketing uh stuff for the technology that's inside of it and it's like this pro cinema xdr oh my god the name of the screen technology yeah that was or whatever it was i don't Mm -hmm. yeah we put xdr on the end of it how about don't no i mean because the they're trying to say that it's a, a high dynamic range, but higher than high dynamic. And it's like, but it isn't, it's not, <laughs> they're trying to associate it with the, the um, XDR display that they announced at WWDC for their pro Mac. But it's like, but it's, it's not, it's Honestly, not the same technology. It made me worried they were going to try to sell me a stand for my iPhone. <laughs> well, it, there isn't one that ships in the box. So, uh, you know, you're gonna have to deal with that. Um, but uh, you're going to buy the one that has a visa mount. Um, but <laughs> yes, oh my god, yeah, I need mine with visa mount compatible. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but the yeah the, the iPhone 11 Pros uh, got three cameras now, uh, and you know it conjures all those images that you would associate with razor blades, um, where people are like, oh man, there's just you know just the addition of another camera. Do they really need it? And it's like, no, no, none of these really need it, but people are going to use it, so. Might as well. Like, I don't get your complaining out of the way because it's going to be just as normal as having two cameras was uh, because you got your telephoto, your wide and your ultra wide uh, and it's on a camera bump and people are like, oh, no, a bump. It doesn't lay perfectly flat on a surface of a thing. And it's like, well, that's it's been been that way for evs. Um, so I don't know. I, and besides, most people put their their phones in cases anyways. So they don't have a camera bump that causes it to wobble on the table. But uh I don't know. There are people who are just when you see the thing spinning around in a 3D product representation, uh, a 3D product presentation, it looks more awkward than it is in real life. Uh, so I, I always, you know, don't really seem to put a lot yeah, of stock. I don't. I that's how that. I feel about it too. I don't really pay attention because including like watch bands and things like that, I the they do weird things <laughs> online and. It, it, it doesn't ever actually look like it does in person. And that's why I am not a small amount nervous about uh, Midnight Green uh, because I want with all of my heart for it to actually be green. And from the different non-Apple photos I've seen, it is uh, actually green. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That was one of the things in the presentation that um, I was really surprised by. Uh, midnight green as a color uh, was an interesting choice because you have the space gray, uh, the silver, which is really white, um, and then you have uh, the the gold, and now you have midnight green. And I'm not sh- I'm not won over by that as a as a choice. Maybe they'll rotate. Maybe they'll rotate through different colors as they're uh, their picks every year, um, just to differentiate and make it seem like there's something extra happening for the people who would be interested in more colorful phones. Uh, I'm just really surprised it's green and it's incredibly muted. Um, it's, uh, in the same way as the 11s are very pastel and desaturated. Mm -hmm. Um, these are very dark Mm -hmm. and desaturated. Um, so you wind up with something that is, uh, almost space gray like in some of the photography uh and doesn't really seem to communicate the idea of greenness as much as it seems to communicate the idea of midnight um which 
I would have thought they would have leaned a little heavier on the the side of it having color, but who who could who can say until you actually like see these things in person? Um, I feel like even in those hands-on areas, it's not entirely representative when you know photographers uh, for like various publications are just like snapping shots. Uh, I, I feel I feel like it's just one of those things that you have to see in person because I remember seeing all those photos that people would post to the gold um, from these hands-on areas, and then you saw it in person, and you're just like, oh. That's looks different in real life. Um, it doesn't doesn't seem like how it looks in any photo that I've ever seen or in any of the product photography that uh, Apple supplies. So uh, it, it's it's always going to be a, a mystery. And if you don't like it when it ships, you can always just put it in a case. Although I feel like the thing with the midnight green is that it's harder to pair with colors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, especially with the color selections that Apple has offered you uh, in terms of cases, but on the bright side, uh, they have a clear case. So if you do like the color and you don't want a case to cover it up, then you can get the clear case. I'm not a clear case kind of guy, uh, so I'm not doing that. But I know from the Clockwise podcast and your earlier hinting that you got a midnight green uh, on your on your pre-approval thing to move forwards. So what do you plan on doing uh, with your phone so it's got an etched back now and i am going to get the phone this is the first time i have not pre-ordered a case that will arrive before the phone arrives um i'm going to get the phone i'm going to feel the phone i'm going to take the phone around for a day and then i'm going to decide if i want to put a case on it or if i can keep it without one i am not a I'm not a dropper of phones. Uh, I have, I, and of course now it's knock on wood, uh, but I have rocked the... I, I don't think you should knock your phone on wood either. <laughs> I, I have had the, the current iPhone XS Max uh, Pro XDR um, caseless for a couple weeks at a time before and did just fine with it. Um, so I, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and make it, I'm going to try to go caseless and we'll see how that goes. And if I decide I want to put a case on it at that point, I'll decide I really don't like clear cases, clear cases in the hole can get kind of sticky and gross. And I don't, uh, clear, clear cases on the hole can get kind of, okay. <laughs> yeah. They, they just, the materials that they're typically made out of, if they get a little warm, then they get sticky and gross. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to keep going. Uh, the, oh God. Okay. So the Apple case I'm hoping is made of more premium materials, in which case it will not have that issue as much. So if I do end up having a rocket case, then I will try a clear case first and I'll get the one from Apple. Uh, but I'm going to try and go caseless and uh, see how that goes. And, you know, Apple Care Plus is nice. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I, I've got uh, I'm doing the boring thing. Um, I've got Space Gray uh, again um, on my pre-approval pre upgrade program me thing. Um, and uh, I thought about uh, green and then I was like, but I don't want it uh, for me. <laughs> uh, if they had done like midnight blue or something, then I'd be interested because my silicone case that I have had for several iterations of my iPhone is midnight blue. Um, I really enjoy uh, the midnight blue uh, color that they've come up with for that. Um, so I will continue down that path. Uh, and I put a midnight blue case in my uh, shopping cart. I like oh, it because... 
it's low contrast in the dark working environment that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't need like the, uh, like, while I, I like the like neon coral, whatever colors and the, like there's a millennial pink and stuff. While I like all of those, I, I just, it would be distracting on my desk. Um, I, I just wanted to kind of like blend into nothingness, um, when I'm not using it, but have like a, just a little bit of blue, just a little just bit, a, just, just, a, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh that's you know basically it uh it, it'll be uh available for the same price as the 10s was uh which is an important factor and if you're on an upgrade program um because then your monthly payment doesn't change so you're just like might as well uh and uh you do that and i did um i'm not upgrading anything it's still gonna be the 256 gigabytes which is still too much but uh yeah whatever. i don't need i don't need any more than that's that amount yeah, but the 64 is too small. So, whatever. Uh it's it's the whole pricing psychology of screwing over professionals, I guess, cuz that's <laughs> what pro means. Um but uh Phil Schiller's talking about the iPhone 11 Pro was total nonsense. Um so I didn't, didn't really enjoy that part of the presentation. Uh but it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what people do. I like the addition of night mode um for low light photography stuff and all those other things because Apple was really behind in this area. Uh and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's computational photography now." And again, uh maybe somebody at the Verge complained. Um but it it's combining different exposures with exposure bracketing and, you know, all that other stuff and it's it's fine. It's good. It, I, I'm glad that it's there. I know that people are going to complain about it, but what your iPhone was previously capturing was not what your human eye was seeing anyways. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that bothers me a lot uh, when people were discussing, uh, Google's, um, night, night, uh, whatever thing that they added. Um, cause that, well, uh, while it made some things a little too, we're in the middle of the day on an overcast day, kind of brightness. Um, it is still better to have that additional information to then take it down rather than um, trying to gain up some noisy, uh, almost no information photos that you were getting from the phones initially. Um, And your iPhone was not capturing as much light as your eyes can capture when they're adjusted at night for uh, looking outside in, in the, the, like if you're outside on like a full, moon uh lit night um you're gonna see lots of stuff that if you just took a photo of with your iphone it would not capture um so it's a step in the right direction that Mm -hmm. you're gonna be able to have things that are going to be more representative of what you're seeing it's going to be up to you artistically whether or not you want to see these things um portrait mode is supposed to be improved uh it now has a pet the ability to pets that i was like are you kidding me people have been taking photos of their freaking dogs and cats and whatever with the yeah uh, so portrait. I, I i was so confused about that too and then um it was afterward that i got more clarification on that uh they were speaking specifically about the iphone 11 model um because the iphone 10r uh did fake portrait mode from the back facing camera and so it could only do it on humans because the algorithms were there for humans now because it's got two cameras it can do actual uh portrait mode detection on pretty much anything because it can use the difference between the two cameras to do it so that's what they were getting at but they 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 rolled it up in a very consumer way so that it was kind of yeah it made it very confusing they they said that the wrong way um because uh it's just sounded silly but uh, these these cameras are going to be there. Um, the the special font thing made me laugh. Yeah, we got a new uh, font for a uh, camera. It's so cool. 
I, I, I don't understand why they were that jazzed about it. But um, yeah, so they got that, I guess. Um, I do like that you can hold down on the uh, shutter button to record a video now, uh, which is what everyone was doing anyways, because they used Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. And so it trained you on how to hold down the button for recording. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, what happened if you held down the button before is it didn't do anything. <laughs> then you release and then it would uh, start recording, uh, which is wrong. Uh, that you didn't want to have happen, um, which as I've done on more than one occasion mm -hmm. because it's very easy to forget that it's to start and stop is one, one tap because um, it's set up like an old school, like camcorder record button. Uh, but uh that's that's all interesting it's all there blah 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 blah. shipping 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 um things are announced people are ordering things um you can go get it and stuff and uh they wrapped up with Deidre o'brien uh giving a store update um she, she, i liked her yeah me fine. too yeah uh i i mean I, I i liked i liked angela i just never connected with angela on stage she yeah she did she seem had, a little uh, aloof she had a different energy, uh, but uh, it, she, she, you know, was, she was, she had a good sensibilities. I just didn't, I, I didn't ever really understand why she would, she would focus on certain things like the Grove and like, it's like the town square. Although Deidre did have some of that where she's like, it's where communities can come together. I'm like, what are yeah, you talking no, about? Like, no, <laughs> no, communities no, no, come no. together. Uh, so it was weird. It was a different energy, but uh, all in all, it was an interesting event and all that other stuff. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens in November as we continue to roll through the updates that are going to come out and how these are received by people, because uh, I'm not as optimistic about certain things and more optimistic about others, but we're not going to know until we have them. And on that note, um, I think we should just uh, wrap it up and call it a day. Yeah, um, it was it was all around interesting, all around fun. Uh, if you folks out there uh, have time and want to check out um, iOS Today over on Twit.tv, Leo and I did a sort of coverage of of the event post the event. We also did a live thing, but that's already happened. Um, and uh, also head to slofi.net. That's S-L-O-P-H-I-E dot net. Um, your questions will be answered. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all good, all fun. And I'm sorry, I don't have an animal fact for you this week. But uh, let's just say there have been some internet issues on my end. And I'm gonna go ring the neck of Xfinity soon. So mm -hmm. sounds fun. Yep, take the fight to them. All right. So uh, <laughs> on that note, ta-ta, uh, farewell. Ta-ta, farewell, and goodbye. And we will see you next time. Bye. -bye.